It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCW, Sitka. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this is Raven News. Two more Sitkins filed to run for seats on the Assembly on Monday. Former Mayor and Assemblymember Valerie Nelson is the third to file for the Mayor's Chair, and incumbent Tor Christensen is the first to file for one of two open Assembly seats. Christensen has served several previous terms on the Assembly. KCW's Catherine Rose spoke with him about his decision to run again for public office. You are just finishing up a term on the Sitka Assembly. It's not your first term on the Sitka Assembly. Why have you decided to throw your hat in the ring again? Well, a few reasons. We have a really good working Assembly right now. You know, we have disagreements, of course, but everybody seems to be you know, respectful of one another and we're pretty good at getting work done, which is really nice. Um, and, I, and I don't want to mess with that. We have a lot of things coming up in the next few years that are going to need an assembly that's you know, working and cooperating with one another and working well with the staff. My personal life take a little bit, takes a little bit of a hit of being on the assembly. I think it's worth it to have you know, my voice on the assembly, the, the experience, and to see a few things through. Um, there's, you know, I'd very much like to see the Marine Hall out through to the point where it's pulling boats. Some pretty major changes to the way our economy works and some of our challenges that we have had in the past have lessened and others have gotten stronger and some ones that we've always had like uh, lack of housing have gotten worse and I really want to work hard on seeing those through and seeing us, you know, ways that we can make things better or at least less bad. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes one of the harder things to learn on the assembly is when you really can't do anything. Right now, I'm very up to date on what the issues that we face are, and you know, having somebody come in who's starting from ground zero, it just makes it that much harder. Looking back on, you know, your last term, what do you think your biggest success was as an assembly member? Well, I think initially I helped set the tone for, I think, a bit better relationship with the staff. I work very hard to make sure that the people working for us know that they are appreciated and that uh, we're going to listen to them. And, you know, we may not always do what they suggest we do, but at the same time, they, they know that we appreciate them, and I've worked hard to do that. Honestly, the in the last year, getting that, the tourism plan through, you know, the temporary tourism plan, especially now, you know, with enough flexibility for us to make changes on the fly, and again, I'd like to continue working on that and making it better. You know, I think we've managed to show our responsiveness to a lot of things that people have come up before us on. Um, not every meeting that you get there that you get to say, well, you know, I think I made a difference today, but it not happens enough to where it makes it worthwhile. If if you're reelected, what, what would your top goal be for your upcoming term? That's hard to say. <laughs> uh, there's a number of things I would want to work on. Uh, some of them are continuations. I think we need to continue to support our schools as much as possible. Uh, I think that if there's one thing that leads to quality of life in Sitka, it's a strong school system. The way we've been going through the school budget the last couple of years has made it so much better where we're talking early and everybody, everything's on the table and there's no surprises. 
and fostering the, you know this trust between the assembly and the school board and I want to make sure that that continues um, I think continuing to work on ways that we can find a balance with um, the tourism industry and the quality of life here in Sitka is hard and something that I'm willing to work with and continue to work on. I really want to see boats getting hauled out. I mean, we've been working on that or something along those lines for 20 years. And I hope that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel now and and get that going and get it moving and, and, and make keeping Sitka dollars in Sitka instead of going to Huna or Wrangler or whatever. You know, those are a few. And then just trying to keep the trains running on time. I think that that doesn't get enough attention. But the fact that we're doing the business of the city on a, in a timely manner and we're trying to make it so Sitkins can uh, know what's coming out of their city and not have any surprises and have confidence in what we're trying to do with what we have. That was reporter Catherine Rose speaking with Tor Christensen, who has filed for another three-year term on the Sitka Assembly. You can listen to our full interview with Christensen on our website at kcaw.org. Raven News is reaching out to all of the candidates as they file. In September, we'll share detailed questionnaires with biographical information and in-depth policy questions, and we'll host candidate forums leading up to the municipal election on October 4th people are leaving Alaska at a rate faster than they have over the past 30 years, but it's not because there's a lack of work. Rather, there are more job openings in the state now than in recent memory, just fewer people to fill them. KCW's Robert Woolsey reports. The data on outmigration are from the August issue of Trends, the monthly report of the Alaska Department of Labor. Alaska has the relatively unique ability to track the length of time people remain in the state thanks to permanent fund applications. And with the exception of residents who were either born in Alaska or turned 18 here, people have been staying less and less time since the 1990s. Some of the drops are precipitous. In the 1990s, just over half of people who moved to Alaska in their 30s stayed here at least 10 years. Lately, however, that's fallen to about 40%. There's a similar decrease for people who moved to Alaska in their 40s, although about 5% more of them make it to the 10-year mark. In good times and bad, roughly 27,000 people move to Alaska every year, and about 5,000 of them are children. Both those numbers have dipped recently, and demographers attribute that to an overall decline in the birth rate in the United States, so fewer people with children are headed to Alaska. It's demographic changes rather than employment prospects that are likely behind the numbers, The same issue of trends shows that the number of job openings in Alaska is near an all-time high, and rates were climbing even before the pandemic. The rate of job openings in Alaska is nearly double the national average, although both numbers are going up. Demographics likely play a role here, too, with a significant number of vacancies being created by the departure of baby boomers born between 1946 and 1964, and simply not enough younger workers to replace them. Employers are generally adapting to the new environment in ways that could ultimately benefit the economy. The authors of Trends speculate that given the difficulty of hiring staff, employers may be much less likely to let them go if the economy takes a downturn, softening the impact of a recession were one to occur. 
Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. You can find a link to the August issue of Trends on our website at kcw.org. Nearly half a billion dollars for Alaska projects is proposed in upcoming federal appropriations bills. The funding is part of a package of bills that is just starting to make its way through the Senate. Alaska's U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, a Republican, added earmarks that would fund 130 projects in the state to the tune of $491 million. There's funding for three wastewater treatment plant upgrades in southeast, including $1.7 million for Ketchikan, $1.6 million for Petersburg, and $760,000 for Craig. There are several projects listed for Juneau. They include $7 million for a bridge over the Gastineau Channel between Douglas and Juneau, $5 million for a building to house multiple nonprofits that serve children and families, and $2.5 million to design and construct a commercial-scale composting facility. Also for Juneau, there is $870,000 to renovate and expand the Behavioral Health Center, Jammy Health and Wellness, and $750,000 to establish and operate a commercial driver's license education training program at the University of Alaska Southeast. In Ketchikan, there is $600,000 for facilities and equipment at the Peace Health Ketchikan Medical Center. In Cloak, there is half a million to build a RISE campus, which is a free public charter school, as well as a domestic violence shelter space and buildings for cultural activities. Elsewhere in the state, the funding includes $99 million to build a physical fitness center annex at Fort Wainwright in Fairbanks, and $63 million to build an aircraft maintenance hangar at Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson in Anchorage. A former member of the Matanuska Sisitna Borough Assembly is challenging the eligibility of Representative David Eastman, a Republican from Wasilla, for state office. Randall Kowalki, aided by the civil rights law firm Northern Justice Project, filed suit in Anchorage Superior Court on Friday, according to the Alaska Beacon. The legal complaint says that Eastman's membership in the Oath Keepers Militia violates the disloyalty clause of the Alaska Constitution. Members of the Oath Keepers, including its founder, have been charged by the federal government with seditious conspiracy linked to the January 6, 2021 riots at the U.S. Capitol. Eastman attended protests in Washington, D.C. that preceded the riots, but he has not been linked to any violent actions. The lawsuit is similar to unsuccessful actions filed against state and federal lawmakers in other states, but those relied on federal law and the U.S. Constitution. The Alaska Constitution's disloyalty clause has never been cited in a court challenge here. Eastman said Monday night that he just heard of the lawsuit and did not offer additional comment. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News. Raven News.